Hey, Moving Forward listeners, I'm excited to announce that the audiobook edition of the Poshmark Guide for Individuals and Small Businesses is now available on Audible and Apple Audiobooks. In this book, I'll show you how to create a side business on Poshmark from your closet or expand an existing retail business using this innovative e-commerce solution. The audio edition comes with a companion document that contains all of the photos, worksheets, and exercises from the print version, making this an immersive and interactive learning tool. If you're not already an Audible member, you can try it out for free and get this title with it through my affiliate link, which is available at bemovingforward.com, in quick links within the show notes for this episode, and in my link tree. The Poshmark Guide is also available in paperback and for Kindle. Start learning moving forward today. Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 416. I hope everyone had a great weekend and are having a great week. The write-up for episode 415 is available on the website. I've also added it to the Poshmark mini-series page because I do cover some updates on Poshmark. Uh, last week's episode, just as a reminder and a refresher, is a was a February updates episode. I do these every couple of months where I just incorporate a lot of different updates. And for those of you who are new listeners, and I want to make sure I, I do this regularly, I want to welcome any new listeners to the podcast just as a quick refresher or just as a quick introduction, there's no particular listening order for this show, so you can start with today's episode, you can start with last week's or a couple weeks ago. However, there are certain collections of episodes that do go together. So this show, which is pretty broad, covers a lot of different topics. If you're looking for conversations and interviews, I recommend check out the first couple of seasons up through around episode 202 or 201, actually. And then starting from 202, it was mostly a solo podcast. It's been that way since with a few conversations, some collections of episodes where I cover different topics, such as starting a business on Poshmark, writing a book, creating a coloring book, creating an audio book. And one of the series that I did both in 2019 and an updated version last year was on how to create a podcast. It's a question I get asked a lot. Uh, I've... um, talked about this in other forums and other media. And so I use this podcast in part as a teaching tool to pass on tips and things that I've learned that may be helpful to you, including things that I'm working on. So uh, I like to document learnings as well as uh, lessons and tips that may be helpful to you. And last fall, I concluded the season leading up to the season finale with a revisit to podcasting because I think it's easier now than it was even a couple of years ago. Although the original miniseries in 2019, I think is still pretty current with a lot of the more detailed information on things like editing and things like that. So a lot more technical aspects covered in 2019, but streamlined last fall with an updated look on things like hosting and really looking at the 10,000-foot view plan on starting a podcast, starting with your planning, your exit strategy, uh, your beginning, middle, and end, creating arcs, that sort of thing, having a goal and a result in mind. So for those of you who are interested in podcasting, I encourage you, check out the Podcasting in 2022 miniseries. 
those episodes are available uh, on any major podcast platform in which Moving Forward streams to. But if you want to know which episodes really to follow, there's one of two things you can do. You can scroll through the episodes and find the ones with the captions uh, for the miniseries, so podcasting in 2022. I try to keep it pretty obvious which episodes are part of a collection. Or go to the website, bemovingforward.com. I have a mini-series page where I have all the collections together. You can see the episodes, either make a mental note, screenshot them, listen to them on the website if you want, mobile or desktop, or just make a mental note and then go to uh, Moving Forward on your favorite podcast player, and then you can start with those episodes. So the episodes are, the collections are specifically geared towards those who are interested in specific topics. As I mentioned last week, I want to do an addendum to the podcasting miniseries. And in fact, that's today's episode. And you'll see from the title, it's podcasting in 2022 slash 23. If I knew I was going to be doing a postscript or addendum this year, I probably would have titled it a little more generically without using the year 2022. But I felt it was necessary to add one more episode to the podcasting miniseries. And the miniseries last fall really does cover the big broad strokes. Everything from planning out your podcast, the importance of the exit, figuring out your topic, your goal, your result, creating the arcs. All of those tools are there to keep you on track, to help you design a show. One that gives you enough motivation to continue with the content creation process if you're doing this on a schedule, say a weekly, bi-weekly, or even a monthly basis. And so having those goals, having those roadmaps, I really think is part of what helps keeping you disciplined in creating the content. One thing that I didn't cover, and I think this is more of the celebratory aspect of having a podcast, and I really do think it's important to have some form of this. As you're creating a lot of content, as I talked about last fall and even as far back as 2019, at some point, podcasting, yes, it's a lot of fun. It's exciting to launch a podcast, but it's also a lot of work. And as you're creating episode after episode, I think it's important to acknowledge or celebrate certain milestones that you hit. And that can be anything from a certain number say like you reach episode five or episode 10 or 50 or 100, depending on how long your show is, you can acknowledge those. Uh, the holidays, what do you do around the holidays? Do you do a holiday episode or not? I, I do one. It's a fun break for me and I really enjoy the holiday episodes. I've done one almost every year. I think I've had maybe one or two seasons where I didn't create a holiday episode. And so I'll talk a little bit about that as well. But today's episode, we're going to cover the milestones. That's going to be in the latter half of this episode. In the first half of this episode, I actually do want to cover something a little more technical that actually does tie into that. So let's talk a little bit about structuring your podcast files. And this actually ties back to what I was talking about with host services. And again, if you want a refresher on that, or if you want to learn more about that, do check out last year's mini-series where I talk more about this. I'm not going to go too into the into the details on that now, except to say, uh, for those of you who follow the podcast or have followed the mini-series, you'll know that I switched host service providers last year. 
Previously, I was on Libsyn, which is a great service. I really enjoyed being on there for the first many years, actually, uh, from the beginning of the podcast all the way up through mid-season last year. So that was uh, quite a few years I was with them, and um, that's a paid service. I switched over to Anchor, which has a different way of hosting your files in that, and I'll talk a little bit more about this in just a minute, but it's a free host service provider. It's owned by Spotify, and I talk more about that and why I switched over. If you want to learn more about that, again, I refer you back to the podcasting miniseries. But one of the things that makes Anchor unique is that you can actually structure your podcast like Lego were building blocks, and I'll talk a little bit more about that. So previously when I was on on Libsyn, and this is I think true of a lot of hoax, uh, podcast host providers, it's really when you create an episode, you create a single file, and then you you upload that file, you schedule it out where you publish it, and that's your podcast episode. And that model is very simple. It's very straightforward. However, as you start getting your podcast sea legs, you may find that you want a little more flexibility. And podcasting can serve a lot of different purposes. It can be a fun hobby. It can be part of a business. And I've talked about this in terms of your goal and result last year. So let's say it's part of your business and you are using it as a platform to reach customers or to market yourself, a service or a product. Those of you who listen to this podcast regularly, you'll know that I've written a couple of books, and I run promo spots during the season, uh, specifically recently for the Poshmark Guide audiobook, which I just released a couple weeks ago. Prior to that, the Poshmark Guide paperback and Kindle version, the Poshmark Seller Journal, and around the holidays is when I tend to do promo spots for the coloring book, the Corporate Clichés coloring book, which I market as kind of the perfect white elephant gift. So if you're doing a podcast as part of a business, or even if it's not directly related to your business, you may want to use your podcast in part to market yourself. Maybe you have a service, maybe you have a product, maybe you've written a book, maybe you have another podcast. Whatever it is, you can create ad spots or you can create promo spots within your podcast. Now, if you're doing this as one file, and you have a host service provider in which an episode is just simply one file, you would probably want to just edit that in. And that's what I did on some prior episodes, past seasons of Moving Forward. Whenever I would do a promo spot, I would just add that ad spot into the final file, export it, and upload it. The one drawback of doing it that way is that it's hard to update the file. If you ever need to change it, if you want to swap it out, it's really tough to do. That's why I recommend back up your files. Go back to that library. You'll have to open it up and maybe cut out that promo spot, add a new one in or trim it out. And I've done that too. I did that uh, actually a little bit with the mid-season cleanup when I moved over to Anchor. Now, Anchor has a little more flexibility and some other service providers, host service providers may provide this as well. Uh, So this is not a blanket uh, statement and just full transparency, Anchor is not sponsoring this podcast. So I'm not being paid to to promote Anchor here. But I do want to share something that I do like about Anchor, which actually didn't occur to me 
until I made the move to Anchor. This wasn't actually a reason or a motivation for me to switch to Anchor. It was more of a uh, icing on the cake benefit. One of the things that Anchor allows you to do is it allows you to create an episode using multiple files. And what do I mean by that? So instead of, say, just uploading one MP3 file, that's your podcast episode, beginning, middle, and end, every episode has a start and an end, Anchor allows you to upload your podcast episode in pieces. And what's cool about that is that not only can you upload different segments, but when you do upload segment files, Anchor gives you a folder, which is your library, and you can actually incorporate files that you've already uploaded from your library into current episodes. So where am I going with this? So now how I approach recording an episode of Moving Forward, and it's pretty obvious to hear from a listener perspective, but I'm giving you a little bit under the hood, what's behind the curtain, behind the scenes. So what I do when I create a new episode of Moving Forward is I actually split it up into two parts. Part one is simply the the first half of the episode. I'll typically build in a break, and then part two resumes after the break. And what I've done is I've created a couple of standard files that are promo spots for different things, such as the Poshmark Guide. Both I have ad spots for the paperback version. I have ad spots for the Poshmark uh, Seller Journal and most recently for the audiobook. And if you've been following the podcast recently, you've heard this both before the episode starts, which is called a pre-roll, and in the middle of the episode, right you know, as I say, you know, we're going to take a quick break. That's the mid-roll. You can also add an ad spot towards the end of the podcast too. And also you'll notice that if you listen to the closing credits, I always, uh, I use a standard closing where it says that the um, write-ups are available at bemovingforward.com. So that's always a reminder that the website is a, is a, a companion resource to this podcast. So what I do now is I actually export two different files. So you can do this a couple different ways. So let's say you're recording on GarageBand or some other recording platform. You can create different project files and record part one and part one at, we're going to take a quick break or just some logical endpoint if you don't want it to be uh, too obvious that you're taking a break. And I'll, I'll share why you might want to keep it subtle in just a minute. And then open up a separate project file and record the second half. I actually do it a, a little more streamlined way in which I actually keep everything in one project file. I'll, I'll record the uh, whole episode. I'll have a midpoint break, a little bit of a gap, and then pick up on the second half. And then in the export process, once I've added the music, done a little bit of editing, I'll actually split the file, export the first half, and then usually what I'll do is I'll just cut the second half and then paste it back in overwards and then export the second half. It's a little, it takes a little getting used to doing it that method. So if you're just starting out, it's probably safest just to have two separate project files. So instead of just messing around with one and splitting it and then copying and pasting and cutting and all of that stuff, it may be easier if you have two separate project files. But the point being is that I export two halves of the podcast and I basically label each file, say, a point with a, 
uh, suffix 0.1 and then 0.2. So let's say moving forward, uh, today's episode, 416.1 and then 0.2. And then I'll upload both of those files as I'm creating a new episode. What's cool is that those files then get added to my library folder. So if I need to make tweaks, I can replace those files. Um, or if I need to, I can reuse them. Now, episode files I typically don't reuse, but anything that's a promo spot, which is evergreen, such as the coloring book holiday ad, I can just reuse that every year. If I need to update it, I'll just create a new promo spot. So I created one specifically for the audiobook because that came out later than the print and Kindle versions. So you can use the building blocks to add into your episode. And just think of your episode as building blocks. If you're using Anchor, where you, you're using a similar host service provider that allows you to upload files piecemeal. Now, as far as I could tell, I could not do that on Libsyn. On Libsyn, I had to just have it all as one file. So if I wanted to do any sort of promo spots, they had to be part of the original file. And then if I wanted to change them up, I would have to go back to the file, edit it, add in a new one. Um, as far as I know, I don't think there's a way to do uh, sort of uh, segments of an episode into one episode, but there may be. I mean, these host providers change so much, so don't take my word for it. Do your homework and double check if you're exploring host service providers. Again, I cover that more in the uh, podcasting mini series last fall, so I'm not going to go too deep into that today. So the point being You can add promo spots into your episode, and you may want to. Uh, If you have a service, if you have a business, especially if your podcast is really tied to that, it's not a bad idea to have it. Now, I've seen many different styles of promoting a business or project, and I'll kind of oversimplify by breaking down kind of two, um, two approaches to this. One is the old school. That's kind of what I do. When I run a promo, it's pretty obvious that it's a promo. It sounds it sounds like a commercial. It's got I usually like to have a little music in the background and and I keep them fairly short to the point and they run at very strategic parts of the episode. Before it starts, we're in the middle of the episode. You can as I mentioned, you can put them also at the end of the episode as well. Lately, with a lot of podcasters, I hear more of an organic very subtle way of embedding promos into their podcast. In fact, it's it almost sounds like part of the episode. So uh, they, they may actually start with the episode by just getting into a very conversational mode about a project or a book and then roll right into the episode. It's, it's very subtle. It's almost hard to pick up that uh, where the ad, where the promo ends and the actual episode begins. I hear that more and more. And that's Maybe a good one to use if you're using a host service provider that really doesn't allow segments. That way, it's kind of just an organic part of the episode. So that's that's one way you can do it. Or you can do it old school, in which a promo is a promo, and then it's very distinct from the actual episode content. Um, so I recommend on this, there's no right or wrong. Uh, one of the things you want to think about is your podcast, the flow, the the style of it. If, you're, if your podcast is very casual, maybe conversational, you have a lot of free-flowing thoughts, you might want to do something more organic. If it's more structured, you might want to do something a little more old school. But again, that's a style question. Uh, 
That's going to be dependent on your show, and it's going to be dependent on your personal preference. And I recommend listen to different podcasts that are out there, and you'll hear a wide range, a wide variety of ways that people do promos. Now, some people don't do any promos at all in the actual audio. They will save the promo spots for the website or in the capsule summary within the show or what they call the show notes, which are embedded in certain players. So I talk about this on the ad spots so that you can find links to the books in the capsule summaries. Now, what do I mean by capsule summary? If you open up the episode, say on Apple or Spotify, and you look at the detail page of the episode, you'll see a number of links that I've put in there. And those are links to the books, links to the website, things like that, links to my link tree. So you can do it that way too. Some people don't like to put in promo spots and that's perfectly fine. They may say, if you want to find out more, head over to my website or look at the the show notes or the capsule summaries. So you can do it that way too. There's many different ways on doing this. And before, speaking of breaks, we, we had a break. I'm going to cover one more thing and I'm only going to be very brief on this. Another question I do sometimes get asked about is, how do I monetize the podcast? And when people say monetize a podcast, remember, there are many different purposes a podcast can serve. One is to promote a business. One is to promote a product. So in that sense, you can do a lot with a podcast to promote your business, to promote your brand. But when most people say, how do I monetize a podcast? I think what they're thinking of is, how do I get sponsors? paid sponsors, in other words, companies that were brands that will pay me to put a promo spot into my show. So the promo spots I do are specifically products where books were things that I've created. So that's just internal. But what about an external company that wants to promote? And that's become more and more uh, of a uh, phenomenon in recent years is that a lot of podcasts that have really blown up They get sponsorships, similar to what you see on a lot of YouTube channels. Really take a look. If you watch any YouTubers, a lot of those channels uh, are sponsored, and they will have sponsorship spots on there. And they'll either talk about them as separate promos or embedded into the episode, that kind of thing. Uh, So what about podcasts? Now, I'm not the best person to ask about this because I don't have those sponsorships. But I will break down my understanding of what it takes to to get a sponsor on your show. And this is just very general. There are other podcasts and other resources on there that are far more knowledgeable about this. So I encourage you to do your research. The first thing I will say, though, is don't launch a podcast if your only goal is to get paid sponsors. That is not enough of a goal to keep you moment, keep you going. And, and I talk about this a lot last fall have a goal other than you know the most obvious metrics of having x number of listeners or in this case getting a lot of sponsors because that in and of itself I don't think is enough of a goal to put in the time and effort to launch a podcast. In fact, I would start out w- with this mindset. Launch a podcast, plan it out, assuming assuming you won't get a huge number of listeners. We're assuming you won't get uh, any sponsorships. And the reason why I say that is not to def- not to create a defeatist mindset. Again, my hope is that when you do launch a podcast, if you do, is that you'll crush it, that you'll get tons of numbers and downloads. But realistically, it's very difficult 
to break out like that. It's very difficult to stand out unless you have a following already. Some people who are influencers who have a large following will launch a podcast and then their audience will automatically roll over to their podcast and they break out of the gate. But those are people who have already a fairly large following. Some podcasts will just break out of the gate because the content is just so unique or it 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 it's an it just speaks to something very current. And that happens too. And that that's a real possibility for many of you who are launching a podcast. But I recommend for the majority of you, if you're launching a podcast, make sure you have something really tangible and really concrete that motivates you to do this other than I'm going to get a lot of listeners or I'm going to get sponsorships. Because I, in my opinion, a couple of philosophical questions you should ask yourself. Number one, am, am I doing this for the right reasons? Is that enough of a reason for me to do something? And as I said, I don't believe sponsorships or numbers is a sufficient reason by itself. Number two, even if you get there, ask yourself, do I want to be beholden to paid sponsorships? Because once you get into a relationship with a company to promote them on your show, you're entering into a relationship in which you are creating space on your show to promote someone else's product or service. And oftentimes it, there may be an obligation to make sure you, you put it on a certain number of episodes. I mean, the, the conditions might vary, but think about that as well. Think about whether or not this taking on a sponsor is consistent with the message that you're putting out, especially when it comes to a particular service or, or product. But let's talk about the more general and again, this is very, very, very basic. But really, when it comes to sponsorships, I think it really just comes down to having really big numbers. Because when you think about it, if a company wants to pay money to promote, they really want to use their dollars to reach as big an audience as possible, and understandably so. So really, when it comes to sponsorships, it really comes down to having the numbers. And the gateway to sponsorships, I've seen it kind of, uh, play out two ways just from listening to others and just reading about it. Sometimes if you have a very popular show, maybe it's really gone viral, you may get approached. You may get approached uh, by services or companies or representatives of companies that want to do some sort of sponsorship deal with your show. Or certain host service providers, once your show does hit a certain threshold, may be a gateway to sponsorships. So for instance, uh, back when I was on Libsyn, at least a couple of years ago, uh, I haven't kept up since. If your show hit a certain threshold, then you could get access to sponsors. It was sort of like a, a, a matchup marketplace of sponsorships. And so there's, uh, there are different ways that you can get connected to sponsors. But really what it comes down to when it comes to sponsorships, as far as I can tell, is having the big numbers, having a show that's very popular or a show that's really being talked about. So that's why I say it's a it's a nice to have. It should not be your ultimate goal. The other thing you can do, and uh, this is something that I've seen some podcasters do and do very well, if you're just launching a podcast and maybe you don't have a large following or large numbers, but you plan to and really invest your time into it. Let's say you're, you're doing a podcast that's highlighting a, a local business 
uh, or business type in your area, where you're highlighting local businesses. You can approach local businesses to see if they would be interested in advertising on your show. Now, if you don't have a lot of numbers or stats to show for uh, your show early on, you may have to, you may not be able to charge a lot, but you may be able to work out some sort of deal. You may be able to work out a sponsorship deal, maybe a, a, a dual promo in which, you know, I, I've seen very creative things. Uh, for example, like a, a certain restaurant might promote your show and allow you to record an episode there in exchange for a sponsorship, that kind of thing. So think outside the box if this is something you really want to pursue. Uh, but for the most part, having sponsorships, getting basically paid ads on your show really comes down to numbers. Now, Anchor does have a sponsorship kind of program in which if you hit a certain number of listens or listeners, then you can open your show up to uh, ads and things like that, getting matched up with brands. Um, But just be aware, again, it comes down to the numbers. And so one of the reasons why it's actually, and this goes back to the what I was saying earlier, with segments, you can actually add placeholders for ads uh, so that if you do hit that threshold where you do get approached by a sponsor through Anchor, you can work out a deal to record an, uh, an ad for them and then have that as one of your building blocks to insert into specific episodes. But again, that's just going to come down to numbers. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really know what the threshold number is, uh, and it, it, you can probably do some research on this, but just my what I said before I think still holds. Have a motivation to launch your podcast, and I talked a lot about this last fall. Have a reason that really excites you about launching a podcast and sustains you in the content creation process regardless of how many listeners you get regardless of whether you get sponsors or not, because I don't think that alone should be your reason to launch a podcast. Have something really personally or professionally fulfilling or satisfying about having a podcast. As I've done this over many years, I I don't have paid sponsors, but podcasting has provided so many opportunities for me, uh, both professionally as well as being a source of personal satisfaction. So, just be aware there's so many intangible benefits to having a podcast that you may not even realize when you're starting out. And with that, I'm going to take a quick break where you're going to hear the mid-roll for the Poshmark Seller Journal, and we'll be right back. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, I've talked about on the Poshmark mini-series how staying organized and knowing your negotiating guidelines are key to running a successful business on Poshmark. That's why I've developed the Poshmark Seller Journal for Individuals and Small Businesses, a journal containing worksheets for inventory management and establishing negotiating guideposts for your listings. Included are sample worksheets that are filled out as examples to help new and experienced Poshmark sellers. It's available now on Amazon, or you can find quick links at bemovingforward.com and in the show notes for this episode. If you want to learn more about starting a business on Poshmark, I've also written a book, The Poshmark Guide for Individuals and Small Businesses, which is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook versions. Stay organized with The Poshmark Seller Journal and start moving forward today. All right, picking up with part two of episode 416 and part one 
Uh, we talked a lot about formatting your show with building blocks, and I'm, I'm glad I covered this today. Just be aware that's my experience with Anchor, that you can create separate files that you can compile as part of one episode, which I think is really cool. So you can have building blocks, you can do different parts, and it's a great way and an easy way to insert things like promotions or ad spots for your products, your books, your service, and you can swap those out fairly easily, which I love. And then once you do, you just basically update it and it'll update it across all of the streaming platforms. And that's something that I should mention, which I think is really, it just makes it so much easier as opposed to having to find the file, edit it, replace it, and then republish it, which will work too. But I, my approach lately is to have at least a part one and a part two of every episode. They're separate files, but they combine into one episode. And then I can insert promo spots as appropriate uh, at the beginning or at the, in the middle of the episode. Now, I haven't done this with every episode. And um, I try to be, you know, fairly strategic about it. You know, where, where do, especially with past episodes, which past episodes am I going to put promo spots on? I, I'm not, I didn't put them on all 415 or 16 past episodes, just ones that were pretty strategic. So episodes in which I talk about Poshmark, those were logical episodes for me to put the the promo spots for the book. Even, even in the past episodes prior to the book even being a concept, much less uh, while I was in the writing stages, those were logical spots to put in the promo for the book. So think about that as well as you're creating your show. All right, now let's talk about milestones. And I'm gonna tie back to something that I talked about last fall is really have a big picture for your podcast. And I talked about the importance of having an exit, but start with, say your number. Let's say your podcast is 10 episodes. 10 episodes, by the way, I think is fine. If you have de- de- determined that you want to do a 10-episode tw- show, that's a perfectly fine number of episodes. You can really just put your all into those 10 and just be done with that and then either have a podcast under your belt or move on to another show. So let's say you have 10 episodes. You might want to do something to celebrate episode five. Episode five is the midway point. You've already put in the content to get you there that far and you're approaching the second half and the conclusion of the show. So why not separate episode five? Or it, let's say you're doing 100 episodes. You might want to sep- celebrate episode 10 or episode 50. If you go back, you'll listen, uh, you'll hear on some of the prior episodes, I've celebrated a lot of milestones. So episode 50 was a particular milestone. Episode 100, 200, 300, and more recently, 400 last fall. And I've done something a little bit different with every episode. Uh, Similarly, holidays. How do you approach holidays? And one of the things I recommend you do is as you're planning out your podcast and you decide to release it maybe on a certain day, be aware what days the holidays fall on. And, And I'm always mindful of this as I approach November, December, that uh, especially for Thanksgiving, which falls on a Thursday, and my podcast airs on a Thursday, I make adjustments to the show. So typically, I will have the episode for that week. I'll either, in past seasons, I've either skipped that week altogether, and I usually announce that on the prior week, that there's no episode the following week, or I create an episode to air a little bit earlier. So that's one thing you might want to think about, have 
maybe your episode air a little bit early because typically you don't have a lot of people listening to podcasts during the holidays. Um, although that's kind of changed too. I, I, I actually get a healthy number of listens even on things like Thanksgiving Day or Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. So, you know, you can you can choose either way. I Just be aware that your schedule may fall on a particular holiday when you approach that particular holiday. So you can either move the air date or a little bit earlier or later, or you can just air it on that holiday if you want. Now, a philosophical question, and this is in part a philosophical question and a personal question. Do you acknowledge or celebrate milestones and holidays? First of all, it is entirely up to you. You may hit episode 50 or 100 and just treat it as an ordinary episode. And in fact, I sort of did that with episode 300. Episode 300, which was actually, um, uh, it was it was kind of a, a compromise in which I didn't do anything really particularly big to celebrate episode 300, but it was a, a break from what I was in the middle of. I was actually doing a mini-series on creating an audiobook, and I decided to celebrate episode 300 with a personal story which I actually really enjoy doing. And I've gotten some feedback that for some people, that is actually one of their favorite episodes. It's a very short episode. Uh, So check out 300 if you want an example of something really subtle, yet acknowledges the fact that it's a milestone. But you can choose to do an ordinary episode. There are podcasts that will release episode 100, 200, 300, 400, and it's just like any other episode. And I, I think of Uh, Mr. Rogers, who I'm a huge fan of. If you follow me on social media or follow this podcast, you know I'm a huge fan of his. And he rarely acknowledged big milestones. He was a very kind of understated personality. And and my favorite story is that the very last episode, think about the last episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. If you haven't seen it, I do recommend check it out if you can find it on streaming. You can tell it's the last episode just by the subtle cues, like when Mr. Rogers is putting on his coat and leaving, you can tell it's the last episode just by that emotional impact. However, on the surface, it looks like and feels like every other episode. He concludes it the same way. I think he says, um, uh, I'll see you next week because, and this is my favorite story, he didn't want the kids who were growing up with the show to be upset that the show was ending. And he knew that they were going to cycle it in reruns. And, you know, for years to come. So they the station could just recycle and just keep airing episodes in a loop. And the kids who were growing up, the next generation of kids growing up, wouldn't know that this was a particularly the last episode. Looking back on something like that, it's just, I, that story always gets to me. So you can choose to just treat milestone episodes as any other episode. Similarly, if you wanted to do that with your last episode, Although, as I talk about having an arc, having an exit, you may want to conclude that arc with the last episode. So, again, this is a lot of this is going to be your personal preference and your style. I do think celebrating the milestones does a couple of things. Number one, you can celebrate it not just for yourself, but with your listeners, the listeners who have stuck with you. And I think it is kind of cool to say, hey, we're now here. Not only has this been a content creation journey for me, but it's been a journey for you, the listeners. 
And I think that is really cool. So it's not necessarily that you're just, you know, celebrating yourself. You're celebrating those who have been with you from the beginning. And I have listeners, I have new listeners. I have listeners who, who've joined in and tuned in uh, from a couple years ago. And I have some listeners from the very beginning. I have listeners who listen almost every week. I have listeners who jump in and out of the show. So it's kind of a way to celebrate with anyone who's tuning in to your show regularly or has just tuned in, and it's kind of a cool thing to do. But again, you can choose either way. How do you celebrate a milestone? All right, well, I've done it a couple of ways. Uh, For episode 50, I did something kind of... uh, probably the uh, one of the most intensive and ambitious things I've done on the podcast. I do a weekly podcast, but for episode 50, uh, which was co-hosted at the time, uh, I did a, f- a five-episode release. It was a Monday through Friday. So it was like five for 50, I think, was the promo. So an interview, and it was interview back then. It was interview-focused back then. So it was a new episode Monday through Friday that week, every day. And I labeled the episodes, I think, 50.1.2, that kind of thing. But they're all technically part of 50. So it was a new uh, guest every day that week. So that's one thing you could do. You could do something like that. But just be aware, that's going to require a lot more time and effort on your part if you're going to release multiple episodes for a milestone. For something like that, I recommend if you're doing Uh, an interview show, lock down those guests and schedule those interviews early. Get those knocked out. I think back when I did the 50th, a lot of those interviews were well over a month pre-recorded before being released. So just to have enough time to not only prepare the episodes, but to prepare the write-ups and the promotions on, on social media for those particular episodes. Uh, For episode 100 and for episode 400, I brought back current and current season and past season guests. So that was really cool. That's that's really cool. And and one thing that you can do is you can do a revisit with some of your prior guests if you do an interview show. Again, I recommend ask them in advance. For 100, I think I asked the guests that were coming back uh, at least two months in advance and recorded most of their segments pretty early on because what you're going to need to do is you're going to need to really just, that's going to be more edit intensive than a standard episode because basically you're splicing together a lot of interviews and getting back to part one of today's episode, that might be where having segments will be a lot easier. So if you were doing an anniversary show where you had five or six or 10 guests, you could create 10 different segments. I recommend, this is just me, obviously you can do whatever fits with your show, keep those segments fairly short. So when I did the 100 episode, it was more of a catching up with prior guests, very short. Each one was like five minutes and and, um, it was 10 guests, I think it was 10 guests and then uh, together it was almost almost an hour long episode. Uh, For 400, I brought back a number of guests as well and the difference there was this one was incorporated with video. Now, I've talked about this briefly and I'll mention it again. One of the things I like about Anchor is that you can publish video interviews. Uh, So basically, I recorded these using video 
and then spent time editing that video and then uh, all the different segments together. Now, I recommend, you know, I'll basically share what I did as the setup for that. Uh, I reached out to a number of guests and I don't recommend you do this. I actually did this fairly last minute. So, because uh, I, I actually had so much going on that I didn't have as much time to plan 400. But thankfully, I was able to get a number of guests who, you know, were able to make time for me. And I was really, really grateful for that. And really plan it out. Keep, I kept it fairly short. Each segment was maybe five to seven minutes. I had one segment that ran a little bit longer, but that was kind of a bonus. I really enjoyed that conversation. But really just be mindful of the other person's time. I used Zoom to record those interviews. And then I had a number of video files, which I spliced together using iMovie with a video version of the intro and outro. And I created a video of the Poshmark promo getting back to part one, which I put into the middle. Now, one major caveat, as I mentioned in part one of today's episode, you can do segments for episodes. That's audio episodes. Currently for video episodes, it's only one file. You can't do segments for video episodes. So I had to actually embed the promo for the Poshmark book as part of that file for video. And just, again, I'm going to call back to last season, but I'll just briefly mention for video, like an MP4 file, you upload it to Anchor as you would an audio file, and the video is available to watch on Spotify, the Spotify app, or Spotify on desktop. The audio version of the interview streams out to all the other podcast platforms. Now, again, that's not why I switched to Anchor. In fact, when I switched to Anchor, video was a fairly new release. I I got alerted to it. I think the second or third week I was on Anchor. Uh but it is a definite nice to have. And since then, I've given guests, anytime I do an interview episode, I give them the option of doing a video if that's what they want to, if they want to have a video version. Not every guest does. So I usually leave it uh, up to the guest. Uh, other service providers, host service providers may also provide video as well. Just be aware if you are paying for the num- amount of storage. So, for example, Libsyn was a storage allowance per month for new episodes or new files. Video is a lot more memory intensive than audio. So uh, just kind of be aware of what your storage limits are. Again, it's the nice thing about Anchor is that uh, I don't really have to worry about the storage math because it's free hosting. So I can upload fairly large files and not have to worry about that. But if you're on a service provider that is metered, uh, just be aware that uh, if it supports video that may count against your storage allowance. Or some host service providers, you pay a flat fee for unlimited hosting, similar to what I get on Anchor, so you may not have to worry about storage math. Just kind of, I just wanted to make sure that that uh, bit of information was out there. So with celebratory and milestone episodes, you can do that. You could do what they used to call a clip show. So if if you've ever watched an old TV show, especially one that's long running, Uh, what they will sometimes do to celebrate milestones is have a look back on highlights from past seasons. And it'll be clips of prior episodes. You can do that. And I've actually done something like that. When I did the writing series last year, I did that. I started off last year's season with the writing series. I concluded the writing series with a two-part recap in which I extracted learnings 
were major points that I got from each episode, and I had clips of each interview spliced in. Again, that's going to require a lot more editing on your part, but you could do something like a clip show. You could do a reflective piece. If, if it's a solo podcast, you can reflect uh, on your journey so far. You can. There's so many ways you can celebrate a milestone. Think about real mile, milestones in your actual real life and think about how you might want to incorporate that into a podcast. When it comes to holidays, holidays, I think, are a chance for you to really do something fun. And uh, there are a couple of ways you could do a holiday episode. You could do... You could just do something very subtle, acknowledge the holiday, maybe in your intro, and then just have a standard episode. You can just have a standard episode. I There are podcasts that will air episodes during holiday weeks or even on holiday days that don't have any particular reference to that holiday. Again, that's a personal and style decision. I like to use the holiday episodes as a way to get creative and a little bit festive and fun. So I've done a holiday episode every year, mostly during Christmas time, sometimes during Thanksgiving. I've done more Thanksgiving stuff in recent years, but everything, uh, just, to, uh, just to recap some of the holiday episodes I've done, I, first year I did a bonus episode where I shared some tech tips on sending a digital greeting card using different various apps and tools that are out there. One year I did a rendition where I did a voiceover for a uh, children's story, which uh, I I interviewed a children's book author, and she had a particular story. She has a podcast as well, and uh, I I asked her if she wanted to collaborate on one for, for my show, as well as inviting her on the guest. Her name was Angela Ferrari, and she had a holiday episode that she had created for her podcast, so she gave me permission to remix it, and what was cool about that was I played a particular character. I played the snowman in that one. And uh, she sent me the script and she sent me the audio file with her voiceover and sound effects in it. The only thing it didn't have was the snowman. So I had to record it, sync it up, and then export it. So that, and but it sounds like we're both there where we're both in the recording studio. But that was a lot of fun. That was a fun episode to do. Uh, I did a film commentary. That was actually probably one of my favorite ones uh, and I've mentioned it before. That episode, by the way, uh, which I think is episode 201, continues to get a lot of listens, even during the year, even uh, not just around Christmas time, but it was a commentary on one of the film adaptations of A Christmas Carol with my friend Angelo Spinello. We both actually set it up, watched it, and did a uh, beginning-to-end commentary of the film so you can sync it up to the film. Uh, in past years, uh, the past two years, uh, I've done a reading of A Christmas Carol. So I did uh, chapter one uh, two years ago, and then uh, this past season finale, I did uh, chapter two. So that was a lot of fun. And and I added some sound effects and things like that. So you can do a lot of different things for the holiday episode. I will say this. The holiday episode, and I talked a lot about this last season, where if I were launching Moving Forward today... I would probably do a very niche, topic-specific show, much more focused than what Moving Forward is now. However, I think the holidays are a chance to cut yourself a little slack on that. So let's say you're doing a very niche episode. You can tie the holiday to your niche, 
Or you can use the holiday episode to just kind of break away a little bit, take a break. And and I, I wrote a LinkedIn article where I said you could do kind of like the ugly Christmas sweater if you want. You could do something a little bit uh, cheesy. You could do something a little bit festive. You could do something fun. Or you can keep it kind of tied to your theme but not so tethered to it that it's that it's strictly part of your regular show. I like to think of the holiday episode as a little bit different. What I've done in recent years is I've actually made the holiday episode the season finale. Typically, in past seasons, what I've done is they've been separate where I had a season finale episode and then the holiday episode air after that. Now I just combine the two. But again, those are things that you can think about if you want to do anything at all. So what I wanted to share on today's episode, a couple of things. This is this episode ended up being a lot longer than I anticipated. As we covered in part one, uh, how do you incorporate things like promos and ad spots maybe for your business, a product, a service? I talked a little bit about host service providers that allow you to add files as building blocks, and that's really a great way to insert promos. Uh, I talked a little bit about sponsorships, getting external paid sponsorships. I'm not really an expert on that, but there are plenty of articles out there and a lot of podcasters that have achieved this that you can you can learn from. So do your research if that's something that you're interested in, what it takes to, to get that. Uh, and in this half of the episode, I talked about celebrating your milestones, celebrating your holidays. There are many ways you can do that, uh, sort of uh, what goes into that. And a lot of this will come down to your creativity, your imagination, and how and if you want to acknowledge milestones and holidays. There are many ways you can do it. All right, the write-up for today's episode will be at bemovingforward.com, and this will be added to the podcasting mini-series. We're podcasting in 2022 mini-series as an addendum to that episode. So uh, you'll find it there, and I hope everyone is having a great week, and have a great weekend. You can find the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. The views expressed by any featured guests are not necessarily those of the host, the program, or affiliates. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and bemovingforward.com. All rights reserved.